take you in a ditch or burn your house down. And I thought all, when I heard the word chastening, I linked it to whooping only, period. Chastening is whooping was my, and and I, I, I guess because of also the way my dad administered this, I call it a punishment, and I think we need to reevaluate calling it that because it's not a punishment. It's, it's correction. It's chastening. Uh, God's punishments you never get away from. And if you're a child of God, you're saved. There's no condemnation. There's no punishment. So now is it punishment or not? It's not. And I think we probably have a war. I think it's probably a, a fair assessment to say that it would be a common misunderstanding tonight about what chastening is. So then, a warped view of chastening from a dad that's not a Christian, and then applying that warped view to the Scripture, then, in my own administration of this in my home, I think it was, I think it began warped. All because of my view of chastening. The word chastening in your King James Bible also translates nurture. That don't sound like being beat. It also translates instruction. <laughs> it feels like we're going away from the whooping. And it, in, it includes the rod. It includes it. So uh, I, I hope tonight that uh, if nothing else, that in the message that you, you can get a better grip on, as, as I am trying to get, on distinguishing the difference between discipline and punishment. Discipline and punishment. And you may, to parents, you, you, uh, some I'm sorry's may be in order tonight, okay? Uh, not to me, but, but to your children. But I really want to look at uh, God's discipline to us. So let's look in Hebrews 12. I'm going to pray and get right into it. Father, please help me. Please help us. Please minister to the hearts of your people. And as you've said, what a, what, a, what a very clear statement you've made to us that if we be without chastening, we're bastards and not sons. Help us to understand this tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. What I was mentioning was I think I had a, a bad view growing up of it, then I applied the bad view to Scripture. Then, because I thought chastening was this extreme, violent, sudden, sweeping punishment, when I would hear men preach this verse, I would think, I don't have that. And follow with me, because if I don't have that, then I'm not saved. If you don't have chastening, you're not saved. But I was interpreting it as, if I don't have this swift, violent, fierce attack almost from my Heavenly Father, because that was the way whoopings went for me. And this is so warped. And now, I don't want to be the preacher that gets up and thinks his message can fix everything in the world, okay? But I do think the Word of God can. And I would dare say, I don't have percentages, but hear me all the way out. I would dare say a proper understanding of discipline and a proper administration of discipline would empty our jails and bars out. Because children are being raised with no discipline, nurture, instruction, and the actual rod and reproof. They're being raised without this. 
They're being raised to be lawbreakers, which they already are at heart. And there's no instruction or nurture or reproof or rod to say otherwise in their life. So they simply, they come, they, they're estranged from the womb, and they continue running headlong away from God. That's why the scripture teaches about the rod, that it'll save a soul from hell. Discipline. Discipline. So let's, let's look at this tonight in Hebrews 12. I'm just going gonna, gonna to start, I'm going to introduce this. I want to be clear again, you don't have any punishment remaining for your sins. I want to be clear about that. You have no punishment left. Now, before this ever, you know, raised a liberal's eyebrows uh, or a legalist's eyebrows, I, I say this, there are consequences. And the difference in punishment and consequences are clearly seen when God tells Moses that I will visit the sins to the third and fourth generation and turns around and tells Jeremiah that the child shall not answer for the parent's sins nor the parent for the child. We either have a misapplication or we have a contradiction in Scripture. Which is it? It's both. You don't answer for your parent's sins, but consequences are a real thing. Influence is a real thing, and training or the lack thereof, which is simply down training, is a real thing. So in, in, in parents not disciplining their children, they are down training their children, and the consequences of that will last in any culture or even churches to the third and fourth generation. But know this, if a man is a whoremonger and a drunkard and an idolater, it does not mean that his son has to be. So here's the principle. I'll visit the sins, third and fourth generation, but the child shall not be accountable for the father's sins. They're both true. They're both true. So what, what solves this next generation problem? Discipline. Discipline. So we have to understand that the punishment's been laid on Christ and that we have no punishment left. There's so, there's so much here, 7, 7.30. The, the first lesson given to the church was discipline. In Matthew 18, first clear, spelled out, I mean, this is what you do, bring it to the church, discipline. You know the, you know the scripture everyone uses where two or three are gathered in my name, there will I be, and maybe this is just a strong opinion, that those two or three are them two or three witnesses that were brought to the scene to be witnesses of the offense in the church. The first situation dealt with in the church. And he says, if they won't hear it, put them out. It's discipline. Discipline. The home will not make it without discipline, nor will any local church. Discipline. Discipline. The church is known for discipline. Revelation 3.19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. So let's, let's read tonight. Uh, let's, let's do this. Let's stand together. We'll go ahead and just read it through together. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, if you'll stand with me for just a moment, please. Verse 5. Verse 5. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, not condemned rebels, but children. My son, not rebel, my son. Despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Maybe I won't get this far, but you see chasteneth and then scourgeth. 
There's your whooping. But chasing him first? Chastening, chastening and scourgeth every son, no exceptions, whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards, illegitimate children, fatherless, and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us. Now, this is either two different things, or chastening is correction. He's fixing to give the comparison. It, it, either these are two different things, or chastening is not just a spanking. He said they corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits, meaning our spiritual father, fathers of the flesh, father of spirits, fleshly fathers, spiritual father, and live? Verse 10, for they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. Well, he, that's right. That's exactly right. But grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Let's just, let's just dive in. There's some more introduction here. Uh, verse number five, there's a reminder given to us in verse number five. And I would like to give you the same reminder that God's given me and every other believer um, that's here tonight. In verse number five, the Bible says, and ye have forgotten. Does any, any parents, real quickly, does, have you ever told your child something and then you said, didn't I tell you that? And they say, as if it is a all-deserving, merciful past, I forgot. I forgot. I mean, anybody pulled that car before? I forgot. And he's talking to children. And guess what he's dealing with? Your forgetfulness. <laughs> so, so this, in the scripture, it's going it's to show the fleshly fathers that rear their children in maturity. But that's exactly what the father of spirits is doing, the spiritual father. But in this life, we will always be little children being raised to maturity. And he deals with us in this manner. He says, ye have forgotten. I don't want to forget this Old Testament exhortation back in the Proverbs. These Jewish believers would have known exactly what he was talking about, but even if they didn't, he, 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 he writes it to them and says, My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. So first thing he says to them is that this exhortation still speaks. You know what this tells me? It tells me the Scripture speaks to us. The scripture speaks, and so it does. I encourage every parent to use scripture in chastening. Use scripture in correction, because this is our guide. If not, you're the authority, and you have no authority. No, we have an authority, and he's, he's our father, our heavenly father. So in this Bible, in the verse here, the Bible says that this, the, the exhortation speaks to us, not as criminals, hallelujah, but as children, I'm telling you, if you choose all the relationships on planet Earth, we have two primarily presented for us, and it is bride, wife, and it is children. We got the two best relationships on Earth given to us in salvation to God the Father and God the Son. Unto children, this is our relationship. I want to encourage you, 
when God is dealing with you as with sons, as with children, don't forget, he's not dealing with you as a judge, as a criminal. He is not. He is not dealing with you as a judge, as a criminal. He is dealing with you as a perfect, merciful, loving, heavenly father. Discipline, correction. Now again, I've heard, I've heard people talk about God taking them to the woodshed. That's usually mentioned somewhere in this, in this text when it's taught on. And I'm just telling you, at this point in my life, I don't believe that every aspect of God's chastening has a woodshed. I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all. And we use the phrase, God really convicted me about this. I encourage you to take your Bible and prove that belief with the Bible. God convicted me about, now I can find us grieving him. I can find us quenching him. I can find him reproving the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But I encourage you to take your Bible. And I think what you're going to see is that, is that that's going to fall under chastening. That's going to fall under correction. Con, what we call conviction. So now if ye be without any conviction, if you can sin and there's no conviction, and, and hear me all the way out, towards God, from God. I'm not talking about being scared of getting caught by mom or dad. I mean real correction, instruction, chastening from God. If you live a life without that, you are not saved. You are not saved. Now, this doesn't mean tonight that you say, well, I, I, I'm looking back now. I messed up here. I don't remember what all I felt there. I'm not saved. I wouldn't play that game. Now, he, the Scripture's not calling us to play that game. The Scripture is calling us to examine our lives and see if God is saying anything, if God is correcting anything in our lives. Now, when I understand it that way, yes. Yes, I can look back at my life and see areas that God has shown me that I'm wrong. Yes, I can look back at areas where God has convicted me about the same sin that I recently repented of. Yes, I can see that. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Now, now it's not based upon that I obey, that I not obey. It's just based upon God being my heavenly father. Now I don't have to survey my whole life. I just have to see if God is showing me me. Chastening. Chastening. It's not always a rod. And many times it includes a rod. No doubt about it. I doubt the shepherd ever went to the field without the rod and the staff. But it doesn't always call for the rod by itself. In fact, it never, ever ever is the rod by itself, ever. The rod and reproof travel together. They travel together. So he speaks unto us as children. God's correction, if you take notes, this would be good to write down. God's correction is not condemnation. There is no condemnation for you. That was all laid on Christ. There is no condemnation left for you. It was all laid on Christ, but there is correction left. And if you be without that, if God is doing nothing, then I conclude from the Scripture that God has done nothing as far as conversion goes. 
Now, again, my aim is not to make you doubt. My aim is to clarify what the passage is saying, that those that God loves, those that God deems as sons or children, he corrects, he chastens. I think we could say he convicts. He shows the wrong. Now, he calls us to do something. And he, what he does in the scripture here is he gives us two large extremes. And I'm telling you, both of these are wrong. Both of them are wrong. I hope from my heart, this is a blessing to you tonight. He gives us two extremes. I've been guilty of both. And when I saw this in the scripture, I was amazed. The first thing he says, my son, this is Old Testament, despise not despise not. So now, the first thing we see is to despise something, to take it lightly, to, to, to experience it in anger or pride. To not think much about it. And if you do, to think you are an exception, to think you didn't deserve it, to think God was unjust. That is to despise the chastening of the Lord. So the first thing he says not to do, he said, despise not the chastening. And then he says this, nor faint. I could preach a message tonight, say, on a particular subject, and one boy, one girl are both struggling with the same area. One, let's say the boy, despises it. Well, it's just the preacher being the preacher. I'm, I'm just, I'm not ready to do that yet. Or that's, that's old-fashioned and ain't that way no more. And then the other one gets so crushed that you give up. In all honesty, just being just as real as I can be, it, it, it almost see me and my wife in this. I see me despising it, taking it lightly, and I see my wife saying, I can't do anything right to faint, just quit, or to be crushed under the load of the chastening. I just give up. Both of them are wrong. They're, they're a total polar opposites. One is to reject it, and one is to just give up. That's not God's plan at all in discipline. So don't despise it. Take it lightly. And don't faint. Don't be crushed under it. God is not correcting your life because he's fixing to do away with you. God is correcting your life because he's nowhere near done with you. Chastening. Newsflash, you want it, okay? You want it. Now, if tonight you said, <laughs> you still got the view of chastening meaning wealth. And there's two things, and I have no clue if we'll get to them, so I'm just going to go ahead and give them now. And uh, I'm getting bad about doing this. I'm scared I'm not going to make it, so I'll just go picking the cherries off the top of the head. But uh, there's two things presented in the Scripture to us about this. I've actually, yeah, it's next. Let's just, let's just move to it next. Verse 6, for whom the Lord loveth, God's love is seen in chastening. He chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. Two things, God's love and God's treatment of you as sons. Two things are seen. When God comes by and corrects you, and I mean get way down below all the top ten list of things we think are sins, and when he just corrects you in your, in your intellect, in your mind, in your thought-thinking chambers, when he corrects you and says, you shouldn't have had that attitude toward the adult, 
in the fellowship building, when he corrects you, you need to remember two things. One, he loves you. Scripture says it. Two, he's dealing with you as, as a, with a son, as, with a, uh, as a father, as a parent. He's dealing with you. He's, and the word deal, it means to treat as such. He is dealing with you much differently than he deals with this world. So tonight, I can look across here, and there are five, and, and let's, let me say four, that get a, a, a different value. And that's my words, okay? But they get different treatment, too. If you scream for help, and one of mine does, they get the first attention. They get the first aid. And the thing that God is saving sinners while he's dealing with his children is incredible, okay? It's incredible. But he's dealing with you as with sons. So when you go to church and, it's, and, and you hear correction in your heart, and you go to church and you hear correction in your heart, and you're like, good grief, here's the, here's the American way. I, think, I really think the Lord's leading me to a different church. It could be that your Heavenly Father is acting like God. He is, and he is demonstrating his love to you, not in how much he gets on to you, yes, that, but in the fact that he hasn't given up on you. That's, that's a demonstration of love, is it not? You know, I've, I've sat down with husbands and wives, I've heard one answer. I've heard one answer more than any other answer. Do you believe she loves you? Do you believe he loves you? Here's the one answer, resounding. I know he does, or he wouldn't put up with me. Always. And if I'm in counseling one day, I'll say the same thing. I know she does, or she wouldn't put up with me. The fact that God continually corrects you, does it not demonstrate holiness, justice, mercy, long-suffering, patience? Does it not demonstrate everything that you would want God to be if you were thinking in your right mind? It does. Understanding, chastening. Verse 6 is. The divine difference. So if you think, well, he chastened me, he whooped me. Well, let's read the verse. For whom the Lord loveth, he whoopeth, and whoopeth every son whom he receiveth. That's a little odd. There is a divine difference given in one verse. And when, when I began to see the word chastening is discipline, and that it is nurture and instruction, I think it, it, you, can, you can check it. It may even uh, a couple times be teach instruct I said this is bigger than the woodshed this is better than the woodshed this is God dealing with my heart chastening now we're going to get to this in a minute just in case we don't finish you remember if you live your life with God doing nothing then I want you to understand this he lies or you lie Because he said in his word that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You said it this morning. Uh, I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus. Faithful is he uh, who calleth you who also will do it. You said, what? I mean, did he take a break? He takes no breaks. He doesn't sleep. He never sleeps. 
So to be a professing Christian with no correction from God, if God can't lie, then, then you lie. And he, he deals with that. He deals with it in passing. But he deals with it. And I, I, third time, I know. This is not to create doubt in you tonight. Really what I want to create is assurance, and I want to help you to, to, to have a proper grip on what chastening is. That constant voice that makes wrong known to you, that desire to do right, both of those are from your father. Now, if your desire to do right is to earn your way there, it's not from your father. That's not from God. And if it's only to, to please someone where they'll think well of you, that's them. But this chastening, this instruction and nurture, he says that who he loves, he chastens. And scourges. This means to flog. It means to beat or strike uh, repeatedly. Now, I, I realize uh, that if, if, if we were to Facebook Live and I were to say, parents, you should spank your children more, that would, that would make it around probably. That would make it around. And people would be mad. What they should be mad about parents that are not only not spanking their children, but they never sit down, never and explain and correct things. I, I preach in the jail, not as much as I used to, but I've sat in that jail getting ready to go in there and mamas walk in, sit down. And mom, no, ain't no mama in here better spank your kids above this. And they're sitting there hoping to get something given or money or something, or, I'm sorry, uh, bailed out. And they say things like, I raised them in church. And you know, I'm a preacher. I want to jump all over that. But I used to bring them to Sunday school. I know you wouldn't believe it by looking at him, but his grandpappy was a preacher. None of that means anything. We need chastening. Correction, instruction, nurture, the rod, all together. We need that. We need that. And that's exactly what God gives to every one of his children without exception. That's awesome. That most certainly is. Verse 7. Verse 7. This is God's reason. Why does he do this? If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. That's why. That's God's reason. That is God's reason. You are my son. You are mine. You know how secure you are? You're in God. God is in you. You're sealed. We're not talking about eternal security, though. We're talking about your position in Christ. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth? Not. And the answer is none. Verse number 8, but if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. The world's mutilated this word just to be a word of insult, but it just has to do with your relationship to a father. Or the lack thereof. Verse 9, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh. Remember that, remember that phrase, fathers of our flesh. 
which corrected us. Now, again, I think I made this point earlier, but uh, are we talking about chastening or are we talking about correction? Yeah, in, in, a, in a, maybe a very base sense, the same thing. Maybe one is, is broader, includes more than the other. But we haven't changed subjects. When he says here that the fathers of our flesh corrected us and we gave them reverence, this is what happened? The head of the home disciplined or corrected, chastened the children that were his, and they in turn, you mean they didn't, it wasn't hate? Isn't that what they tell your parents? They're gonna, you're going to raise them to hate you. But here it says they gave them reverence. Who are you going to believe? you got to choose. Shall we not much rather, even more so, be in subjection? Is that? Now, now you remember it looked like the Bible interchanged correction with chastening. Now we have another one that it seems to be, that it's, that it's reverence with subjection. These are in the same family. You say, how do I know if I'm giving reverence the proper way to God, you'll be in subjection to him? Sub, submarine, submission, to be under. You will place yourself willingly under his authority. That is the result of chastening. Correction. You begin to understand the headship of God, the, 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 the fatherhood of God in your life, and you follow him as a child. So this passage says, furthermore, we've had fathers of the flesh, which corrected us and which we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits? Remember the fathers of the flesh, father of spirits? I kind of struggled some looking at this phrase. But I think at the very least, it, it, it just has to do with a comparison between fathers of the flesh and the spiritual father. But now he says something at the end. And live. A little tag added to the end of the verse, and live. Probably, uh, there's probably what's in mind is in Deuteronomy 21. 18 through 21, where the child's penalty is death. That's probably in some of their minds at least. But I will tell you, it is the only way to live. Chastening. I had a few verses here I wanted to read to you. I wrote them down. Uh, or I, I have them here. Proverbs 13, 24. You don't have to turn there. Just, just listen to them with me. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes, continually. Proverbs 19, 18, chasten thy son while there's hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. While there is hope, this leads me to believe that there is a time where, where that, that hope of chastening them is over. while there's hope. Proverbs 22, 15, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Foolishness is bound, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Uh, Kristen and I just discussed this verse the other night. We should expect foolishness from our children, and they should expect correction. There should be no doubt 
that my children, in my mind, that my children will do some foolish things. And there should be no doubt in the minds of my children that they are going to receive correction from their father. No doubt. Proverbs 23, 13 and 14, withhold not correction from the child. By the way, God does all these perfectly, okay? Withhold not correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. It's just too clear. Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom. Is it the rod by itself? No. Is it the reproof by itself? No. It seems as if, maybe just, just my terminology here, that the reproof enters the ear and the rod drives it to the heart. But the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. So a child without correction brings shame. Welcome to America. I can expect, and I use this term, maybe there may be a better term for it, but uh, I can expect my children to be inclined to act like brats. But they should not be allowed to by the one that is to bring the correction, instruction, and nurture. That's the big one I keep trying to include in there. Nurture. Any, any Christians ever been a brat? And... Uh, got out to your vehicle or got to your bedroom, and the Lord said, now let's, and this is my words, okay, now let's talk about this. That's just my words, and, you know, many times I think we present him the way we see him, so I want to be careful with that. But have you ever, have you ever had uh, a time where you were a brat? And I don't mean six years old. I mean when you were in your 30s and 40s, and, and your Heavenly Father say, now, now. You should be so eternally grateful that all the punishment was laid on Christ. The love is laid on you, and he's in there correcting you faithfully and patiently. Be so thankful for that. 1 John 5, uh, 1 Corinthians 11 tells us that, that as children of God, we can go to a point to where we die. We die. What is that sin? Uh, at least one of them is partaking of the Lord's table unworthily. At least one of them. But it seems like th that sin and the death, and that that those that were weak and sickly, and some that died in First Corinthians eleven thirty-two, uh, at the end of the chapter, it it seems as if they had pushed God's tolerance. God, in all His patience, He still draws lines in chastening. Proverbs 29, 17, correct thy son and he shall give thee rest. This is what me and Christians are looking forward to. I mean this. We're experiencing some now, some. She's out with, with, with one now. But I'm telling you, I believe this Bible. I believe this Bible. And chastening will lead to rest. Not just the rod. It's happening in my life now, in my Christian life. God correcting me. I see some friends that I went to school with. They are in turmoil. They can't find satisfaction in money. They can't find it in things. Neither one of them can find it at, at the, uh, the, the, the psych office, talking to a man about all their problems. They can't find it. They're going crazy. And I go home, 
And I'm telling y'all, I wouldn't trade wives, family, life, ministry with nobody. Nobody. I love what my father has given me. Truly, his correction and guidance and nurture and teaching has brought rest in my life, in mine. And it'll do the same when we discipline our children. It'll bring it to ours too. Verse 10, for, for they verily for a few days. There's a reason that's there. A few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit. Maybe this few days talks about the how, how short childhood is. Maybe so. Probably so. But I think it also shows in contrast that God's chastening is lifelong. He will constantly and continually and faithfully, if you live to be a hundred, because God doesn't change, he will still be carrying out this work in your life. Here's a note. What would chastening from a mom and a dad have done for some child molesters and drug dealers in America today? What about whoremongers, prostitutes? What would chastening from mom and dad have done to them? For a young lady that feels unloved, what would it have done for her for a man to nurture her? Because that's part of Satan. What would it do for a young lady to believe? I mean, until that special someone comes, that nobody, nobody loves me like my daddy. Do you know what a, what a, what a strengthening breath of fresh air that has to be for a young lady? Now, what does it do for her, that same young lady, if she believes her dad doesn't love her? As Christians tonight, our Father loves us. And He does this work in us. It should be a strengthening breath of fresh air to us. Not something we despise and not something we're crushed under, that we faint under. Not those two opposites. But something that we welcome. Look in verse number 11. Now, no chastening for the present. I say this with whoopings in mind. Boy, you got that right. No chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. Now, think, think this through with me. God's going to tell you where you're wrong. And you're, you're thinking, yes! It, it doesn't seem to be joyous. No, it does. It doesn't seem to be something you're celebrating. But when you understand that it demonstrates his love and his mercy and patience and his providence and his plan for your life, then you can say in your heart, yes, yes, I want it. I welcome it. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, that's where God's looking, by the way. God's looking further than today. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. See the word seemeth? That's your current, present assessment. No chastening seems to be joyous, but afterward. One thing that uh, the preaching and teaching of the word will do is it will cause you to look afterward. 
it'll cause you to look beyond today. It's probably harder for for for, for children to do this, but it's not it's not beyond your your capability either for you to look at tomorrow. But it's not exactly normal for a child to make big preparations for tomorrow. My children, if I tell them we got to get up early in the morning, we got to leave out at three o'clock. We're going to go to Tennessee. They want to stay up till one. They don't get it. They're not. The math ain't adding up. But children, as they grow, they're going to be able to assess afterwards, tomorrow. That is what we. That is one of the things that we do when we look at God's chasing. God is not correcting you or chastising, scourging you. He's not doing that without tomorrow in mind. And ultimately, it's the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Do you know what it causes in us? It causes us to do right. Righteousness. That's what it does. When it's done right, and God always does it right. So tonight, I hope hope this has made some sense. My aim tonight is for, for us to be able to pray a prayer something like this to our Heavenly Father, I welcome your correction. I repent of any time I've despised it. I repent of the times that seeing all my wrong has made me want to quit rather than serve you as a loving Father. There's a polar opposite, and I think I think it's probably you know pretty safe to say that we, we, we've done both. Don't quit. And don't reject the correction from your Heavenly Father. Now, aren't you thankful for it? I am too. I'm going to pray. Father, I pray that you'd, you'd, you'd help tonight. I pray that this has been a blessing to someone. I pray that you'd help someone to be more sure about their, their salvation, standing with you. I pray that.